So one of the statements I make most in this podcast and in a lot of my content, and I apologize if there's a weird echo in here, I'm in a hotel gym right now, the weight room is the only place I can find to record, but one of the statements I make a lot is I like to quote the Disney princess Moana. And yes, I'm very comfortable with my, with my manhood, but I have two daughters and we watch Disney movies a lot. The road isn't out there at all. It's inside you. But I get a lot of questions from people that say, what do you mean, Brian? How can the road not be out there at all? How can it be inside you if we're dealing with the locations effect, which is that you have to actually move your body out there? The road isn't out there at all inside. It's inside you. Well, what do you mean? You have to go out there a lot, meaning move around locations, change locations. Well, I wanted to make a little podcast update on this topic to kind of help crystallize this for you. And it's nothing really revolutionary. I've talked about this before, but I was just thinking about it a lot because I've been traveling and I've been in hotels and locations that aren't pristine. And this has been on my mind a lot. So I like to use the sunburn analogy, go back to the sunburn analogy. If you spent too much time out in the sun and you got a third degree burn, the doctor would probably say, you can't go out in the sun at all. Sunscreen's not going to help you, you know, special hats aren't going to help you. You got to just give your body a break from the sun. Then once you've healed from your third degree sunburn, now all of a sudden, sunscreen would help you again. Your skin is healthy. It's normal. As long as you stay within your tolerance of sunshine, you can go back out in the sun. So this is how the locations effect transitions into the road going back to being about what's inside you. And if this still doesn't make sense, let me explain. So early on in mold avoidance, our bodies are so damaged by mold and they're so saturated with mold that just doing some binders or just doing a coffee enema or just doing a sauna is laughably inadequate. It's just not enough. Um, And you actually need to go to a good location to let your body detox. And then later on, you can visit more bad locations or mediocre locations, not super bad. And you can deal with the effects of the mold hits internally by using supplements or treatments or whatever. It's only later on that you can do that. So I guess we could adapt the saying to the road is out there at first, and then later on the road isn't out there at all. It's inside you. And one thing that happens during mold avoidance is that you become very aware of the cues that your body is giving you and of your tolerance. So while you're doing mold avoidance, not only are you healing, but you're also learning all this stuff about your body. What helps you, what doesn't, and what might help you when you go back into civilization and when you go back to the road being inside you. Um, One example for me that I talk about a lot is caffeine. Now that I'm back in a big city, I notice that in order to keep my liver moving along, I need a lot of caffeine. And I do Celsius energy drinks, 
Um, I like to get the ones with stevia because sucralose I have recently discovered is really, really bad stuff. I'm not afraid of chemicals just because they're chemicals. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast, not to avoid things just out of theory, but it turns out that sucralose really, really messes with the microbiome, which is one of the problems that mold avoiders have to start with. Uh, sucralose kills good bacteria and studies have shown that it causes an increase and an overgrowth of a lot of different bad bacteria. So that's why I avoid it. Um, and I also do notice that it, it, it is problematic sucralose is. So there, if you guys are interested, Celsius, it's the name of an energy drink. It comes in an aluminum can. I know it's probably not great to drink out of aluminum cans, but again, I don't avoid things out of theory. Celsius has a line of four different flavors that are sweetened with stevia instead of sucralose. And I think that stevia is a lot better. In fact, there have been some studies that show that stevia, which is from a natural source, by the way, it's from a plant, actually helps to benefit the microbiome. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my vote of confidence behind that statement. I really don't know. But anyway, to make a long story short, I would suggest trying Celsius that's sweetened by stevia. There's four different flavors. You do have to kind of go out of your way to look for the stuff that doesn't have sucralose, but I need a lot more Celsius in a mediocre location in order to keep my liver moving, right? So I can tell now that the road isn't out there at all. It's inside me now that I'm at this phase of recovery from mold avoidance, and I can make little tweaks to my protocols and my lifestyle to keep my detox adequate in a mediocre location. Um, for example, I can find buildings that, I, that are tolerable to me and have maybe only minor mold and they can shield me from outdoor supertoxins that earlier in mold avoidance, I, A, A, it wouldn't have been enough to be shielded from it and B, um, I couldn't tell the difference between an, a minor irritating building mold versus a bad outdoor supertoxin. So it's those mold avoidance skills coming back into play uh, to know, you know, kind of how to keep the road inside you. Now, what if you're in a mediocre location and you're doing the Celsius, you're doing the saunas, you're doing whatever you have discovered helps you and you're still not staying on the power curve you're still going downhill, you're still getting illness symptoms, you're still not keeping up with detox. What does that mean? Well, I'll pause for a minute and let you guys guess, but you should know by now. It probably means that the location is over tolerance for you and you need to go back to a better location. Now the road is outside of you, it's not inside of you anymore, right? The, the treatments that are internal, like binders, like caffeine, like liver cleanses, like coffee enemas or whatever, aren't enough. And you have to go back to being in a pristine location. So it can change. I've heard of one successful mold avoider who has recovered to the point where they're able to live in the Bay Area, San Francisco, most of the time, as long as they do like two weeks a year on a sabbatical. Okay. Now, I believe that Early in mold avoidance, the location is much more important as we talked about because the body is overwhelmed with mycotoxins and mold and stuff that's coming out. Early in mold avoidance, we already know that 
there's this huge dump of toxins coming out. We call it the waterfall of toxins. And those toxins are all coming out of your tissues and going into circulation and trying to get out. This is where this is the point in time when I like to describe recovery as have you guys ever been on a highway and you come to a tunnel and the tunnel's only one lane wide and the cars have to take turns going through the tunnel like there's a stoplight and it says like okay eastbound traffic you get to go and then the stoplight changes and then it's okay westbound traffic you get to go it's a one lane tunnel but there's two lanes of traffic that needs to get through this is why I think in early mold avoidance, the body is so location sensitive because when all the toxins are trying to dump out, there's not room for, for you to be in external exposure that lets toxins come in. This is just a hypothesis I have about the location's effect. This is not science or anything. This was just sort of my experience of it. So when you're in the waterfall phase, when you're in the intensification phase, when you're in the, the detox phase, which is good to be in, that's when the body's like, uh-uh, no, we're not allowing any external toxins to come in because we're too busy detoxing what's already inside of us, years, decades worth of mold toxicity and exposure. This goes back to a very important podcast I made, which you guys can find in the archives. I believe this is one of the ones you have to pay $10 a month for. Most of my podcast episodes now require a $10 per month subscription um, for like 80% of the episodes, you can go, the way that you subscribe, if you guys are interested in subscribing to that, is you get the Podbean app, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, download the Podbean app, find my podcast on the Podbean app, and there's a little orange button on like the profile page for my podcast that lets you go to subscribe to the premium episodes for $10 per month. But anyway, I have an old episode called Mold Sickness, Allergy Versus Toxicity and Why It Matters. And this is so important, right? Like, this is why I moderate the comments on my, on my Facebook mold avoidance group because some people try to come in and they're like, oh, mold is just an allergy. You just need to control your mast cells and settle down your mast cells, right? No, I disagree with that. I think mold is a toxicity and this is why the waterfall of toxins is an important road mark or road sign for recovery, right? One of my mentors taught me that people who experience the waterfall of toxins are those who go on to later recover. And that was my experience as well. So it's not an allergy. It's, it's a, a huge amount of mold in the system that just got built up. Because the detox switch was turned off, which you know all about, because I've talked about that a lot of times in previous episodes. So early on in mold avoidance, you need to be clear in a good location externally. The road is out there. It's external. It's location-based so that all this junk can come out of you. When that process is done, and that's why it's, in my opinion, it's so intense, intensification, because your body does not want to be around external toxins so they feel more intense it's like a warning sign right a lion and a tiger bite would feel pretty intense if a lion bites you it's gonna be like oh that was intense because that's your body saying don't do that don't let lions bite you it's a it's a it's a mechanism for your body to protect itself from lion bites right because they're intense um so that's what intensification is it's when your body says and this is a big mistake a lot of people make they think 
They think that intensification is bad and that it feels horrible and that you're sick. And they're like, oh, I don't know if I can leave my moldy house because intensification is so bad. How am I going to work? How am I going to do this? What they don't realize is that during intensification, you actually feel really good most of the time, or you're able to access feeling really good because the body is healing and recovering and detoxing. Intensification doesn't mean you feel bad. It just means that exposure to external toxins feels more intense. So in the midst of you feeling better, you also are very, very driven to avoid exposures, which is why people in intensification get rid of all their stuff and they're constantly looking for pristine campgrounds and all of this drama because during that phase, the body really doesn't want mold exposure. It doesn't mean you feel bad. It doesn't mean you don't have energy. It doesn't mean you can't go on a hike. A lot of people notice that they can go on hikes and work out and do all these amazing things very early in mold avoidance. It's just that exposures are more intense. So that's a very important clarification to make about intensification. It doesn't mean you feel bad or worse than you did in your moldy house. It just means that while you're in the midst of feeling better, exposures are going to feel worse because your body doesn't want toxins coming through that one-way lane in the tunnel. Your body's like, no, we want the toxins coming out. Later on, when you're past intensification, it took about three years for me, three years of intensification, and I know people are like, oh, that's so long. Well, yeah, you were sick for 30 years, bro, so three years isn't really that long. Then later on, when that intensification period is over, that's when I notice the road isn't out there at all. It's inside you. Now, that doesn't mean I can just go to any old crappy location and just stay there as long as I want. It's not ultimate freedom. It just means that as I am able to build up my tolerance to less good locations, I can control my detox more internally. And I hear this a lot from experienced mold avoiders too, who say that later on in the process, they're able to control a lot of their detox needs with different detox therapies. Um, one of my mentors in particular really likes coffee enemas, coffee enemas. I never did well with enemas. I don't know why. It, it just imbalances me and makes me feel drained and doesn't make me feel better. But drinking caffeine through my mouth instead of through the other end <laughs> does help me a lot. And so these are the things that you will need to learn. And nobody can teach, nobody can cut, this is all, I want to make this a short episode, so I'll just end with this. You can't cut the corners on this because even if you had a crystal ball and you knew that when you got to the other end of intensification, you magically knew that your internal treatments that would help you is, let's say, binders, saunas, and coffee enemas, Right? You had a magic crystal ball and you knew that. So you're like, I'm just going to skip intensification um, and just go straight to doing that. It doesn't work because the only way you get to the point where you can tolerate living like that is after intensification, after the detox is done. And also the only way you know when the internal treatments are adequate to keep you detoxed enough to keep you on the power curve is when you have developed the mold avoidance skills and the recovery to be able to sense what kind of locations are adequately clear for you. This is going to vary drastically between people. I know one mold avoider who's in their 20s, they're not as old as me, they weren't as sick as long, and very early in mold avoidance, they could tolerate locations much 
better than I could tolerate them. They were healthier than me when they started. And I also know people who are sicker than me and have a lower tolerance for locations. So this is all personalized stuff. The roadmap is pretty standard. You know, when everybody says, oh, we're all different. You do acupuncture. I'll do this. No, 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 no. The roadmap in mold avoidance is very standardized. It's very similar for everybody. But the place on the road where you are is different for everybody. How far along the road you are is different for everybody. It's very individualized. That's why mold avoidance can be a little bit of a confusing topic because we're all in different places on the same road. We're all in different places, but it's all the same road, right? So this, is, this was how I experienced the transition to the road isn't out there at all, it's inside you. I told you that I had a friend who could live in the Bay Area, an experienced mold avoider, live in the Bay Area, be exposed to toxins as long as she took about two weeks a year to go to Death Valley or some other location to detox. I don't think I could do that. I could, I could not live in the Bay Area and just take two weeks off. I'm not at that point on the road. Now, could I live in the Bay Area for one or two months a year and then go detox? Yes, I do think that I could. So there's a transition period where you can start to go to these different locations more often and work your way back in. And that's an individualized process. I had a podcast a few weeks ago where I coined a new phrase called third place, third place, T-H-I-R-D place, third place. And I explained all about it. I think it might've been a premium episode. I'm not sure. And the third place I described as a place that's not totally pristine, not a healing early mold avoidance detox location, but it's also not a horrible, really bad, kill you in 24 hours moldy location. It's a middle ground. And those third places are the places that I am trying to increase my tolerance to and spend more time in. And there's no guarantee that I could stay in them for two months or six months or a year. I don't know. I'm trying to spend more time in them because they offer more amenities for myself and my family, right? Nobody wants to live in a pristine area forever. So the third places are the places that I am building up my tolerance to, trying to figure out my internal strategies for keeping myself regulated and detoxed while I'm in those locations. And they're going to be different because, you know, you might have one in a big city and you're dealing with big city toxins. You might have one in the mountains and there's some frat there. If you're new to listening to my podcast, frat, F-R-A-T is the name of a mold super toxin that's outdoors. So you're going to go through and you're going to say in your, in your third place locations, which again is a location that's not totally pristine, but not terrible. And you're going to say, hmm, this third place location has these toxins, A, B, and C. This is how I deal with it. This is how long I can stay there before I need a break. And these are the signs that my body is giving me that it's too much for me and that I need to take a break. And that's the phase of avoidance where I am right now. I'm not as far along and as healed as the lady who could live in the Bay Area and only take two weeks off. That's not me. That's not where I'm at on the road. And I'm also not in early mold avoidance anymore where so much stuff is coming out of me 
that it's like the one-way tunnel where my body does not want any incoming toxins because the tunnel is busy with outgoing toxins. That's not where I'm at on the road anymore. I'm kind of in between those two places. I've already finished intensification and that crazy waterfall of toxins early in mold avoidance, which lasted a lot longer than I wished it would. It lasted three years. And I'm also not so far along that I can just go to a third place and just stay there for a whole year and not take a break. I'm somewhere in between. And this is very helpful information for people to know that A, the road is basically the same for everybody. That's one of the major discoveries of mold avoidance is whether it's Lyme or chronic fatigue or whatever, mold avoidance kind of is the same for everybody. But B, we're all at different places on the road. And the only way for you to know what place you're on is to go out there, get your hands dirty, get started in detox and start to learn the signs that your body is giving you because it's different for everybody. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Just my normal disclaimer. Uh, My podcast is not for medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a detox expert. I'm not a mold expert. I'm not an RV expert. Before you start or stop any treatments, get permission from a real doctor. Uh, My podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Also, if you do want to listen to my premium episodes, those are all of the episodes, about 80% of my episodes, that do require $10 a month subscription. And you can find that by downloading the Podbean app, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, like a bean, like a legume that you eat, Podbean. Finding my podcast, Mold Avoidance with Brian Rosner, in the app, in the Podbean app, clicking on the little orange button, and that will take you to the premium sign-up page. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a good day.